Pastor Xavier Reese explains how our vertical relationship builds on the horizontal. The Bible tells us that love works no will to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law, Romans 13.10. The love of God that works through man goes beyond mere words to deeds. The love of God that works through man brings glory to God. Always, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And it's this simple truth from the Proverbs that we find exemplified in Scripture no better than in the loving relationship between David and Jonathan. Pastor Xavier continues his series in the book of 1 Samuel by drawing out three important characteristics of friendship that Jonathan, the son of King Saul, modeled for us in his companionship with the future king, David. Let's listen. 1 Samuel chapter 18, we're going to look at verses 1 through 5 in the message entitled, Jonathan Loved David. As we go through our lives as pilgrim sojourners, as we live out our life on this earth, I believe that there are important relationships that God will bring to our life that will be vital for our spiritual development, and they will be directly involved with our relationship to one another. First of all, my relationship with God, that's priority. Second, to my wife. Third, to my children. And then fourth, to the Jonathan relationships you will bring to me, the friends. Friends will be different, some closer, others further away, but integrity. So friendships are to be cultivated in each of our lives, and it is from these friendships that Jonathan relations will come along side each of our lives and enrich us. They will enrich us. Let me read here verse 1 through 5. And now when he had finished speaking the psalm, the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. And then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him, gave it to David with his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. And so David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war and was accepted in the sight of all the people, and also in the side of Saul's servants. The love of Jonathan for David is manifested by three characteristics. The love of Jonathan was a pure love, verse 1. Secondly, the love of Jonathan was a faithful love, verse 2 and 3. And thirdly, the love of Jonathan was a giving love, verse 4 and 5. Jonathan, as we're going to see, was a friend to David. Now, also David, but the focus on Jonathan in the text. Let me give you Proverbs 18, 24, and we'll expound as we go along. Listen, a man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. This was Jonathan to David. Let's begin here with the first character. Look at verse 1 and 2. The love of Jonathan was a pure love. The occasion was immediately after David had killed Goliath. Take note. 
Now, when he had finished speaking with Saul, the giant slayer David had been brought to Saul by Abner, which was his cousin. In 1 Samuel 17, 57, we look back to the end of the last chapter. Saul had been so impressed with David that he wanted to recruit him for himself. This is Saul. He's a user. He wants to recruit the best and take the glory. Saul is a perfect example of politicians. When everything's going good, they take the credit. When everything's going bad, they blame somebody else. Simple. Now, the first five verses of this chapter are still part of chapter 17. Take note of that. And I think that would be a better division. Now, notice David came before Saul with the head of Goliath. So here he's got his trophy in his hand. And so here's the connection. And the son of Saul, notice, Jonathan was present, listening intently to David as he speaks with his father. I mean, he's just enthralled. He's seeing this whole thing. The name Jonathan means Yahweh has given Names were often a reflection of personality or character, and Jonathan certainly is true to this, the meaning of his name. He is a very giving person, as we're going to see. Now notice, the encounter initiated a long life bond between Jonathan and David. It says, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. The heart of Jonathan became one with David. Now, the suggestion or interpretation that this was a homosexual relationship is blasphemous. I reject it completely. If you do not know the love of a man the way God has intended, close relationships, perhaps, especially when there's, if you've been a veteran and you've been in war and you've gone through life ordeals and stuff like that, you are bonded. Or a father towards a son. There are no homosexual implications or indications in that. It's a corruption, a perversion of the heart and mind of man. You understand? So I reject it. It's blasphemous. Now, the soul is comprised of three things. The word is nefesh. It identifies the entire person. The intellect, the emotions, and the will. We're entire persons. When I love someone, it's with intellect, emotion, and will. You can't force someone to love you. You can't force yourself on someone. If you don't believe it, try it sometime. It doesn't work. They may tolerate you. Now notice the experience is described as initiated by Jonathan, but the experience again was mutual, as we'll see. But the focus is on him. The word knit there means to bond, to leak together, or to come together as a chain. Tied together. The same word is used to describe the love of uh, Jacob for his son Benjamin in Genesis 44, 30. Close, passionate. I had a close, passionate love with my dad. It, it, just a bond. My son, same thing. My grandchildren, my son-in-law, passionate. You understand? The soul of Jonathan to be knit with David, there must be mutual interaction, acceptance. So we all don't click together. There are some people you're going to click together. You just, you like the same things, man, your personalities. You're just like mutt and jet. You know what I mean? You just go together. And others, though we're, they're nice people and you're a nice person, you just don't gel. It's okay. Don't go away mad. Just go away. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Now, I'm mutually, I'm, I'm, I want to be cordial. I want to be kind. I want to be loving. But, but those are choices we make in relationships. Now, notice the love of Jonathan for David was as his own soul. The love is described for the good of David. 
This is repeated often, verse 1, verse 3, later on chapter 20, verse 17, other portions. The love was a response in admiration to David. He's been looking, he's listening. In fact, when David will lament Jonathan and Saul in 2 Samuel 1, 26, listen. He says, your love to me was wonderful, surpassing the love of a woman. There's a love for a woman, and it's passionate, and it's normal, and it's natural. And David makes a comparison of his love for Jonathan in the line that it should be as men, because there are two different ways to love. You love a woman one way, you love a man another. You understand? It has nothing to do with homosexuality. It's a corruption of the text by those who call themselves progressive liberals, quote, Christians. Notice the love was to care for David. David will be scared, depressed, and discouraged. And Jonathan didn't come to him as we go through the the passages. David, you're the giant slayer? I thought you were a man of faith. He didn't say that. He came to him in chapter 20, verse 1 and 3, and Jonathan said, you shall not die. He was an encourager. This kind of love puts a person in remembrance of who they are. David had been anointed king. Now, we don't know if Jonathan at this point knew it. Most likely, he had an idea or knew. But we can't know from the text. But certainly, Saul will reveal it to him in the coming chapters. And David's quiet about this whole thing. You have to admire David in this relationship because he is king. He's been anointed king. He's just not on the throne. You understand? Now notice, it is the love which desires to protect, provide, and to preserve. Not because of what it can gain, for Jonathan had the most to lose. Later on in chapter 20, verse 31, he says, he, after he insults his own son, perverse son of a naked woman, this and that, I'll read it later on. Just bad words to his son. He says, don't you know that as long as he's alive, you will not be on the throne? Listen, Jonathan's are not in competition with their friends. And they're not trying to put them down. They're not after the kingdom. You understand? Not because he felt indebted, but he appreciated David. Now, the love of Jonathan would be a great comfort and encouragement to David in the coming years when he would be expelled from the kingdom. He would become a refugee. Now, David would be kind of betrayed by his wife, as we'll see. He would be separated from Samuel. He would be denied the company of Jonathan's sweet fellowship. David would play as a madman before King Achish as he freaked out and let spit run down his, his beard and grab him on the door and all that. David would um, ignorantly and unknowingly cause the death of Abimelech and many of the priests. David would be held or told by the Lord that the people at Kailah whom he had just rescued, would deliver him to Saul. What a refreshment to have a Jonathan come to him. <laughs> you ever been there? It is a love that comes alongside the strength and when needed. Listen to um, 2316. 
It says, Then Jonathan Saul's son arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows this. He strengthened him in the Lord. Jonathan's never get in God's way nor try to be God. You understand? The second commandment, as you know, is to love our neighbors ourselves. It comes from the vertical axis first. First God. Jesus replied to the lawyer, the priorities. The source of love is our, to our neighbor is God. It's important that you and I understand that. If we don't understand this, then we will credit ourselves for the manner and the extent of our love for others. Pretty soon we'll be, you know, patting ourselves on the back. I mean, some people are so caught up in themselves, even in the Lord, even in church, okay? The Bible tells us that love works no will to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law, Romans 13.10. The love of God that works through man goes beyond mere words to deeds. Very important. First John tells us that. The love of God that works through man brings glory to God. Always. Now, the benefit of Jonathan's relationship is for the benefit of both individuals. But the initial desire is not for self, for the other. Now, what a joy it is to see the many relationships that have been developed through the church here. And, and those relationships have helped these individuals grow in their maturity, in their growth, their development in Christ. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's the healthy relationship. What a great benefit comes to the church body when, I, when they see men who have developed relationships with men that are so deep and so committed in the Lord, the way the scriptures say, for the younger young men to see this and these relationships carry them through life. You understand? A few years ago, said, we, want, we need mentors. No, we don't. We need moms to be home and for fathers to be men. That's what we need. You be the parent. You don't need mentors. Without doubt, this kind of relationship existed between Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas was the only one who took Paul in. Remember in Acts chapter 9, verse 27, he took a chance on him. Certainly, it existed between Paul and Timothy. Paul calls Timothy, my beloved son, and faithful in the Lord in 1 Corinthians 4, 17. When he wrote to the Philippians, chapter 2, verse 20. He says, I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. You see, the characteristics is you're a friend to others. You're interested in others. And Paul says, man, there's no one like Timothy. Now, Paul had a lot of excellent people. Well, that God would give to each of us a Jonathan and give us the wisdom to identify, appreciate, and value them. And that I would be a Jonathan as well. Listen to Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Great scripture. The love of Jonathan was a pure love. Notice secondly, verse 2 and 3. The love of Jonathan was a faithful love. Verse 2, the faithful love of Jonathan came by way of his father Saul. Stranger things happen. God is sovereign. He works different ways. Saul took him that day. He would not let him go 
to the home of his father anymore. And Saul, at this point, took David in his royal court as a permanent basis. As you know, David had been a minstrel to him, alleviating him from his demonic spells. David had been caring still for his father's sheep, and that's how he came to the battlefield for Goliath. And David had killed Goliath now, who had defied Israel and the God of Israel. So David now is brought into and to reside in the royal court. God is beginning to move him towards that time. David is very patient. David is very humble. And David is just taking one step at a time as God is moving him. Notice Saul at this point prohibited David from returning to his father's house. It says, anymore. Saul was the king of Israel. Saul was the ruler and had absolute power over the people. Remember Samuel told him, you want a king like the nations? This is what he's going to do. If you look to people to rule you, they will rule you. Our founding father said, a government that can give you everything has a power to take everything from you. It's real simple. Saul was waiting to have capable people and wanting to have capable people to surround him. Saul wanted to have a man who knew God and had the blessing of God. David was the man. Now, notice verse 3. The faithful love of Jonathan was based on covenant. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. He repeats it. Now, the concept of covenant is very the very hard relationship with the people of God with God. In Genesis 15, Abraham, Abram is named then, God came to him and asked him to make a covenant with him. The word covenant, by the way, berith, means to cut, literally. And as you know, Abraham there demonstrated clearly that the literalness of it, as he got sacrifices, divided them, cut them in half, and put them this way, lined them up. And as he sat there, God began to reveal to him that he would put them in Egypt for 400 years and judge Egypt, and then he would bring them out and give them the land. And as Abraham was there, the sun started going down, and the smoking flax began to go through the sacrifices, and God made a covenant with Abraham. Nobody walked through those sacrifices except God. God would be responsible to fulfill that covenant. Abraham did nothing. You understand? Jeremiah the prophet, you remember when we studied him, and Jeremiah 34, 18, indicates the process, the method of covenant to by cutting. He says, And I will give the men who have transgressed my covenant, who have not performed the words of the covenant, which they made before me, when they cut the calf in two and passed between the parts of it. And as the two or one person passed through it, the blood would come together, join it. It would seal whoever walked between it as responsible to fulfill and obey the covenant. All right? This is the covenant they're making. Now, this is kind of a covenant that Jonathan and David were making. It was their history. Remember, the ones walking through the middle are the ones responsible. Abraham never walked through the middle, only God. Jonathan and David both walked through this. They would be both responsible for this covenant. This was not a unilateral covenant, but bilateral covenant, both of them. Though the focus on Jonathan. Jonathan had made a covenant with David, which is based on the agreement of their love for God and to God. That's always a priority. That's the only reason they can even make this covenant. And therefore it results in what? Love for one another. You understand? Always. Now, the love of Jonathan and David is seen throughout the record of Scripture. Now, here's the covenant being made, but 
to make it effective, I want to point out some things that go as we move along to show you the faithfulness to it. Jonathan did not betray David in the opportune time, first of all, when his father, Saul, commanded him to kill him in chapter 19, verse 1. Now Saul spoke to Jonathan, his son, all his servants, that they should kill David. Wow. Verse 2, Jonathan, being faithful, informed David of his father wanting to kill him and to be on guard. Faithful. Verse 4 and 5 of 19, Jonathan's faithfulness defended David before his father, reminding him how David had risked his life in fighting Goliath and that he was rejoicing over it. And he tells him, you would be sinning against innocent blood, Dad. Wow. Talk about difficult confrontations. Faithful. Jonathan's love, most important, was always based, listen to me, on truth. Jonathan told David that he would tell him what he conversed with his dad and what he observed of his dad in 19.3. Truth. Jonathan told his father not to sin against his servant David. He had not sinned against Saul. In fact, his work had been for the good of Saul. Jonathan's deal with truth, you understand? They're not swayed. How I have seen men of God who have been used tremendously, influential men, cave under pressure or whatever and not deal with truth. And what a travesty and what a horrible consequences they have made of it. You stand for truth. Even if you have to stand alone, you stand for truth. Jonathan's love entreated his father again by saying, why then will you sin against innocent blood? There in chapter 19, verse 5, as I've pointed out. I mean, incredible young man. He would not compromise with the evil of his father, even to the point of endangering his own life. Because when you get to chapter 20, verse 9, uh, he gets into this dialogue with his dad, and then he will insult him. We'll, get, we'll see it as we move along. And then he even tries to impale him with a, with a spear, his own son. I mean, that's pretty heavy stuff. The protection that a Jonathan relationship offers is not just against others, but against self. These kind of friends notice your weakness and they pray for you. In fact, they notice your weakness before you even know it. <laughs> if they see you not change in your life, they will confront you, exhort you, admonish you in the Lord. They will not partake with you in your sin, but they will plead with you to turn from your sin. They will even reprove and rebuke you, and if need be, sever fellowship from you, that you might return to the Lord. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, deceitful the kisses of the enemy. But Jonathan-type love gives strength. It binds up and undergirds a person in need. They seek you out and they strengthen you in God. They never obstruct God. They never try to take the place of God. 
They point you to God. You understand? The love of Jonathan was a faithful love, wasn't it? Faithful. Pastor Xavier Reese, illustrating with the faithful friend of David, Jonathan, three important characteristics of a worthy friend. And you can listen to this program again for any part that you may have missed just by clicking on the radio listings link when you log on to CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. But there's much more to come next time as well. And if your schedule permits you to tune in, you can pick up your own copy of this message. And the title to ask for is simply, Jonathan Loved David. It's available, as always, on CD for only $4. And why not pass on this study to someone in your church or Bible study when you're through? So once again, the title to ask for is Jonathan Loved David, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 